Don't you love that old song, Old Rugged Cross? It's important on a day like today when we take time to remember the sacrifice that's been made for us. Now today, I hope and I aim that the message is simple. Um, I want to keep it easy and plain. Now I say that for two reasons. One, uh, because this is really not the focus of our time together. I believe in standing and teaching the Word of God and the truths that lie within, but when we have these special times to come to the table and reaffirm the connection we have with Christ and the commitment we've made, that needs to be our focus. The Word can help remind us of truth and lead us to that moment, but I want to just give us a short reminder as we get close to that place. But another reason is this. I had been going through the book of 1 Corinthians now for seven months. Uh, we've been working through this, and um, you, if you know me, if you've known me for a long time, that I don't typically spend a whole year preaching through a book of the Bible, but we certainly have been, and I know that at times it has not been simple, and it probably hasn't always been plain, because it's a, it's a tough thing to study through. There's a lot to it. There's been some challenging moments. In fact, if you were here last Sunday, you went with me through one of those challenging moments as we look at Scripture and how to deal with in our lives. And in this wonderful book we've studied, as we've been talking about how to take a sick family, whether that's a home family or church family, and turn it into a healthy family. And I really actually appreciate that you guys have been, well, so understanding and really even encouraging during this time. Because, again, I know it hasn't always been easy, but I really appreciate some of the words that you guys have shared, just of what you're getting out of it. I know I've, I've received a lot from it. I hope you have too. But we are going to continue in 1 Corinthians. But we have reached the place in this series we've been going through that we get the, the passage we're looking at deals with the Lord's Supper. So while we're going to look at that this morning, and we're going to see what it has for us, we're not just going to be casual observers to this. We're going to hear Scripture, what it has to tell us about coming to the table. And then we're going to do so. So that's our message this morning as we continue through this series uh, in 1 Corinthians. We're talking about coming to the table. We're looking at the passage in 1 Corinthians that deals with the Lord's Supper. So I hope we can look at this together, see a couple of things, but we want to keep the central focus before us of coming to the table. And I don't want to hide it from you at any moment that that is the point of what we're doing this morning. We're coming to this time to, again, to restate and reaffirm our relationship with Christ and to deal with our own heart and life before Him before we come to the table. This is not some academic exercise in, a, in one of the books of the Bible, understanding the theologi- you know, theological issues with Lord's Supper. No. We're going to see what Scripture says, but then we're coming to the table. We're receiving the elements this morning, but we need to understand what it is. So let's just go right into it. Let's turn to Scripture this morning. Again, we're in 1 Corinthians 11, 17-34. This whole passage deals with the Lord's Supper and how we are to approach it. It says this in Scripture. In the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, And to some extent, I believe it. No doubt, 
there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's supper you eat. For when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of, from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home, so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give further directions. Now, this morning we could go back over and look at all of the issues that the Apostle Paul brings up as relates to that specific church body. Now, we're not really going to do that this morning. They had their own unique problems going on inside that church family, mainly the divisions. That they, you know, they had that pride of, I'm better than you. And they weren't coming together for their meal, because back then they, they came for a big meal, and inside that meal they took communion. That was part of their worship service. That was part of their church family. And they were not doing that. They weren't waiting on one another. They weren't helping one another. And it caused problems. But their issues, their specific way of doing it is not really our focus. It's the overall element of the Lord's Supper. This morning when I came in and was reading over this passage and praying over it again for today, I stopped and kind of tried to think and consider if I could count how many times I have had communion. Now, I grew up in the church. I made a salvation decision when I was a child. So I've had the strong majority of my life where I've had a relationship with Jesus and taken of the Lord's Supper. And I've had, I tried to get some kind of number. I knew that I would not be able to get anything specific. But in fact, I went back and looked at it. I'm like, I can't even give a good estimate. I can't think how many times I've come to the table. I've done it in church settings. I've done it in retreats and in, in all kinds of different places. And 
different countries. And I mean, I've had the Lord's Supper many places, many times. Now, I wish I could say, this, this is not some bragging statement of, look how many times I've done this. Really, it's, I wish I could tell you that in all of those times that I have come to the table, and whether that's coming to the table or having the elements passed out, either way, I wish I could tell you that in each of those moments, I did so in a worthy manner. I wish I could tell you that every time I came to the table that I examined myself and I dealt with whatever was going on in my life, I took it seriously. I'd be lying to you if I told you that. I'd be lying if I said that I did it perfectly every time because there are times I didn't. There's times I did it probably because my neighbor was doing it and I didn't want them to go, why didn't he take the bread? And he think, I wonder what he's been doing lately. I don't know why, but I'm, there, I'm sure there's moments that I did not do it the right way. However, every time I come to the table, whether I take it seriously, and I hope that's the majority of the time, although even those times I've messed up, every time I come to a time like this, it's this passage that we just read that comes to mind. Out of 1 Corinthians 11, it just constantly comes to my heart where it tells us that before we come to the table, we need to examine ourselves. I mean, that's the call. And the Bible says, before you do this, before you do this thing that Christ Jesus said for us to keep doing in remembrance of him, before we do that, we're to examine ourselves. What that tells me is that coming to the table is not just some simple thing. You know what it involves? It involves preparation. And I'm not just talking about getting the trays ready and bringing a table in and putting a cloth over it or having elders or deacons knowing where to stand. and what to do. That's not the preparation I'm talking about. Meaning that to come to this table, there's preparation to go on inside our own life and heart before we do this. I'm reminded of the story of the pastor, and this is a true story of a pastor who was preaching internationally. He was off in some other, he was in some third world country, and he's going to do a couple weeks worth of revival services. And the first Sunday morning he was there, he preached God's word, he saw decisions and saw people coming forward for Christ, and it was a wonderful Sunday morning. And just there before he concluded the service, he kind of had the idea, said, you know what, this has been so awesome, what if we do Lord's Supper? So he announced it to the congregation and said, you know, friends, tonight come back and we're just going to build on from this morning and we're going to have Lord's Supper together. And as soon as he said it, there was a, a murmuring among the crowd and he could tell something was not right and people got together and suddenly the elders of the church were up front talking and discussing and he didn't know what had happened until finally these elders came up to him and and obviously disturbed, said to him, please don't make us do communion tonight. And the, the, this pastor was quite taken aback by why. And these people said, we need at least a week to prepare ourselves before we can do this thing. They were so serious about what it meant to come and identify with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to examine their own selves and deal with what they find, they're like, please don't rush us in doing this. How often has that been our heart with things? You know, something, you know, is important. This, for a lot of us, becomes just a tradition. Maybe you're like me, you grew up in the church and you've done this plenty of times, so whenever you're in an occasion that the table is set before you and you see the bread pass and the cup pass, it's just another part of our tradition. There's not a lot of thought put behind it. There's not a worry about a preparation or examining or dealing with any of the things that you find. 
Well, Scripture tells us that's the wrong way to handle it. In fact, Scripture points out that coming to the table is a very serious thing. Not to be taken lightly and not to be done without much thought, prayer, and yes, preparation. So we are to examine ourselves. But think about this. If Scripture says to examine yourselves, what does that also tell us? Let me ask it like this. If you go to the doctor and you get examined by the doctor, what is he looking for? He's looking for something wrong. Now, do you, do you want your doctor to say, well, I see something wrong in you, but let's not worry about it. I see a problem here. This could be really dangerous for you, but I'm not going to give you any medicine. You would not go to that doctor again. In the same situation, God is saying, examine yourselves. You do so to, with an attitude of, I'm looking for if there is a problem, not just so I can say, hey, God, I've got this problem in my life, but that you can do something about it. That examining yourself before coming to the table means asking God to search your heart, reveal to you those things that need to be dealt with, and not just saying, God, thank you for pointing that out to me, but saying, God, let's handle this problem. Let's confess that sin. Let's go restore that thing, whatever it needs to be, before we come to the table. So when we receive the call to examine ourselves, it's with the mark of look for where the problems are and seek to resolve them before you ever come. I want to remind you this morning, and this is what I want, to, I want you to really hear and take to heart, is I believe Scripture points out two areas we need to really examine. And then I'm going to ask you to examine in your own life this morning. The first area you're called to examine again is your own heart and your relationship with God. Because if you take of the table, what are you saying? You are reaffirming to God that you have made a salvation decision in Christ, that you have died to self and you have received Christ Jesus as your Savior. And in doing so, we're reminded that that did not come cheaply. That how we got the forgiveness of our sins was the sacrifice, the crucifixion of a Savior. That He took what we couldn't. And so when I come to the table, it's like me talking to God and saying, God, I promise that I am one of your children that I've received your Son, Jesus Christ, and that I'm identifying my life with His life, and I'm committing to live my life for Him. Now let me ask you a question, friends. If somebody came to you today and made a promise to you, said, I promise, I promise, and they had the best intentions, would you hope they would fulfill it? Now there's always the chance they may fail, they may fall short, may not work out perfectly, But do you want them to be honest when they make that promise? Or do you hope that somebody will come to you and say, I promise this and I promise that and, you know, I know I'm supposed to be this way and I will be, but not really mean it in their heart. You really want that kind of person around you? You're never going to pay attention to them. Coming to the table does not mean going to God and saying, all right, God, hey, uh, here's what I did the past week. Here's the thing. Sorry, God, let's move on. Let's take the elements. And with full intention that nothing is going to change. See, through Christ, we're told that we're, God made a covenant with us. A covenant is God's form of a promise. It's so much better than your and I's promises. God's covenant is Him sealing something that we could not do ourselves, fixing a problem that we couldn't do on our own. And that was our sin, and He did it with Jesus Christ. And when God makes a covenant, it is an everlasting bond, a promise that cannot be broken. 
God is saying to us, I forgave you for your sins. I gave you Christ. I'm not taking that back. I'm not going to put all those things back onto you and say, well, forget you because I, you've never lived very well. No, God made a promise. You're saved through the blood of Jesus Christ if you receive him. He's not going to break that promise. So to examine myself before I come to the table means to say, God, what am I allowing in my life that Christ wouldn't want there? And if I examine myself and I see a problem, am I just to leave it there? If I look intently and go, all right, God, this is, this is a problem. I'm not talking about you messed up something that you got a little bit wrong here and there, but a problem with God that the sin is pervading your life. There's issues there that you, you know you're walking disobedient from God. If you examine your heart, let him show it to you, and you do nothing about it. That's called coming to the table an unworthy man. And part of preparing ourselves, examining ourselves, is looking inwardly at our own heart. It's all right, God, between you and me, is there anything that I'm letting stay, letting reside, that I know shouldn't be there, that you've told me shouldn't be there? If there is, you begin to go after that. Again, confession and repentance works wonders. You know, being in church and being committed to what's happening does awesome things. When you get away from God and get away from His things, bad things are happening. Coming to the table is not about, well, I better take these elements so that He'll forgive my sins. That's not what happens here. It's a reaffirmation of the commitment you've made. So first, we examine our own heart, our own life with Christ. But there's another part of it. This is where, what I, I often miss out on, what I forget. Scripture seems to tell us that we need to be also examining the unity we have inside the body of Christ. Notice we were not given instructions to do communion, take Lord's Supper privately in our own homes, you know, to go home and close the door and to have the bread and have the cup. We're told to do it in prayer at times, to have the private prayer, but not communion. Where do we always see the Lord's Supper being observed? In the church family. It's something we're to experience together. So it means this. If I'm going to come to the table united as one in Christ, then we are to come to the table united as one in Christ. In fact, the, the biggest problem these people were facing as Paul wrote this was the divisions that they were allowing inside their own church body. The pridefulness and the broken relationships and the lack of forgiveness and the I'm better than you or I won't deal with you. I don't like you. And they weren't even coming together and sharing the meal together. They couldn't even come and take up the Lord's Supper as one because of the divisions and the issues. Now, see, a lot of us like to stop before we get to this part. We'll say, all right, God, I will kind of spend a moment with you talking about what's going on in my life just between you and me before I come to the table. But don't ask me to think about that person over there, that relationship that's broken, that one I'm mad at, or the one who I know has been talking about me behind my back. Yeah, don't, don't ask me to go after that because that's their fault. They shouldn't have acted that way. So I don't, I don't want to hear about that, God. You and me, fine, don't worry about that. I'll still come to the table. 
if we have that kind of attitude, we are, again, coming in an unworthy manner. We're not understanding what this is. To ex- come to the table is to examine our life in Christ and also our life inside the body of Christ, inside the church. So what does that mean? That means if you say, all right, God, examine me. Show me what's going on. And he shows you a brokenness inside the body. He shows you a, 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 a you know, broken fence between you and somebody else. It's time to go mend it. In fact, it's more important to go mend that relationship. It's more important to go offer the forgiveness, do whatever you need to do as much as it depends on you to live at peace with that person before you come to this table. Does that mean that other person is going to treat you right or they'll accept whatever you have to say or ask for your forgiveness? No, I can't control how the other person is going to live. But as far as it depends on me, I better not come to this table with brokenness between me and a brother or sister in Christ. So I have to examine myself. Examine myself. What is going on? Are things right between me and the Lord as I say I'm a follower of Christ? And are things right between me and my brother and sister in Christ? And I need to take the time that's needed to go handle these issues. And really, that's what we're called to do this morning. I told you I want to be simple and plain with this message, and that's the point of it. Before we come and remember the elements and the the body of Christ and the blood of Christ and what those mean for us, we'd better examine ourselves and when we see the issues, go deal with it. And I don't mean any offense here, friends, this morning, but let me say this. In this upcoming time, when we have a moment to examine ourselves and to pray into the Lord and to respond, if you're not even going to bother going to the Lord and even asking the question, God, show me what I need to do. If you're not even going to seek any, any problems that might be in your life that he wants to talk to you about now, if you're not going to do that, let, those, let that plate pass you by. I'd say it like this, too. Yeah, this morning, you're willing to examine yourself, and God says, yep, here's the issue. But you say, all right, God, yeah, it's an issue, but I'm not going to deal with it. Yeah, I know it's right, but I'm gonna, I know this is, you don't want me doing this, but I'm going to keep doing it later on. Well, I'm so glad you know the problem, but not that you're going to do anything about it. If that's you this morning, let the plate pass you by. I hope that's not what happens. But if God shows you the problem and you don't want to deal with it, I even say it like this, friends. If you're going to spend time praying with God and he says, there is brokenness between you and so-and-so, you are holding bitterness between you and that person. You wronged so-and-so. And if God shows you those things, and you say, well, God, I just can't forgive them. God, I, just, I, I can't go and talk to that person. This, I've tried one too many times. And you refuse to deal with it, then I'm going to tell you this morning, let the plate pass you on by. Now, the truth of it is, I don't want the plate to pass anybody by this morning. I don't. I'm serious enough about this to say, if you refuse to take it seriously and, and prepare your heart, then you're not in a good place to take it anyway. But I want, I desire, my hope, my prayer is that all of you are in a place where you can honestly go before the Lord and, and deal with what needs to be done. So you can take freely. Now, do I know if you've done it? 
No, you come and trick me all day long. You can be planning on going out and just living the most sinful day you've ever lived, but you're going to look really good when you come, you know, when you go with the, the bread and the cup. Yeah, you could fool me. You can fool everybody else in here. But you know you don't fool God. I know that none of you are perfect. I'm not. I know that going forward, there will be moments of failure. There will be times where relationships get broken, even between brothers and sisters in Christ. I know that those you're going to struggle. There will be moments of falling and, and going into sin. I know that. But there's a difference between knowing that we are imperfect people that struggle and ones who are coming with honesty and integrity and with all we can to come before Christ and say, all right, I'm going to get my heart with you and my relationships with others right before I do this. One last note, and then we're going we're gonna to have a time. We're going to make sure there's time for you to prepare and to examine yourself. One last thing, and I want you to really hear me in this. You are to examine yourself not your neighbor not the person on the other side of the sanctuary some of you have been this morning going yeah i hope she or he is listening to this Uh uh-huh i know that person oh boy they really need this message today some of you've been thinking it this morning don't lie you have there's been another person here going oh that that person is on your mind boy that it does not say examine how that other person should handle their problems you can't fix it anyway. If you're thinking about another person, you better be praying for that person. Because the call this morning is to examine yourself before the Lord. Your heart, your issues, your brokenness with somebody else. Your own self, not somebody else. That's so much easier, isn't it? To, to focus on the other person. You can sit there, well, I'll pray. I'm going to really pray that so-and-so responds during this time. No, I don't want you doing that. I want you praying, God, show me, show me, show me what to do. Show me where the problems are. Show me what I've allowed. Show, uh, show me what brokenness I brought into relation. Show me. God, examine my heart. This is the time I absolutely want you to be selfish. I want you to think about it what's going on in your life. And I want you to work with God on the problems that you're dealing with. Not your neighbor, not your spouse, not the other person around here, just you with God. If God later calls you to pray over somebody, pray with somebody, that's fine. But start by examining yourself. So that's the challenge. What are you going to do with it? This morning we are going to do things slightly differently, not tremendously differently, but slightly. Before we call our deacons forward and we have that time to take of the elements and all that, we're going to, I want to pray over all of you. But after, we, after I pray over you, we're going to kind of re-enter into a time of worship. Now, this is a time you can sing, you can not, you can stand, you can sit, you can, you know, any of those things. We're going to have deacons up here at the front during this time because if you need somebody to pray with you they're gonna be available for you to come pray with maybe where you are just by a raised hand you're gonna say i need somebody to pray with me they're gonna come to you and we're gonna take it's the lord's directive you know what if if the lord says the business is done in one 
verse of one song, then we're going to just move on. But maybe he doesn't. We're going to make sure that you can't walk out of there and say, they, I wasn't given an opportunity to examine myself and deal with some things. We'll take the time that's needed. Even if you had to stay, and when we're all done, because you're dealing with something, we'll stay all afternoon. I'll, I'll stay up here with you all afternoon. I will. If something needs to happen with you and the Lord, or you've got to fix a relationship, I, we'll take as long as we need with you. Everybody just be dismissed. You can stay. And we'll hold on to the table until we're done. Because if, if it's that serious to you, we'll take the time that's needed. Don't sit there and just bide your time, looking at your watch, thinking about what's going to happen after the service is over. Don't just say, well, I'm going to sing this song and act like I'm doing something. Spend some time examining yourself. And if you examine yourself, that means you respond to what you find. You may need to get up and go from this side to that side to go pray with somebody or to say, I'm sorry for doing so-and-so or can we just resolve this issue? I don't know what the Lord is calling you to do. But we're going to make sure, as much as it depends on, on us, on me, our deacons, our leaders, that we give you this opportunity to pray for the Lord and seek Him and to examine your heart. Would you go ahead and right now, just bow before the Lord, just go ahead and just, just go into an attitude and time of prayer right now. I know sometimes it's hard to do so because there are things going on around you, but would you try in this moment not to focus on anything but you and your walk with God? I'm serious. If you can do so, just uh, don't worry about the person sitting next to you, the other thing going on. I'm going to ask right now, before I pray over you, right in this moment, just it's helpful to just close your eyes, just help get off from the focus of other things, just right now. Begin to just examine yourself. Begin to right now call out to God saying, God, what do I need to do? Even in this moment, he can begin to show you some of these things. Ask him to do so. Again, I'll pray over you in a minute. And then we'll have a response. Then you have time to do what you need to do. But begin seeking him right now in this very time. Lord, I come to you right now and I thank you. I thank you for the call to seek you. To examine our hearts and lives. God, and I pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that you are revealing that you are revealing mighty things, God, and that things maybe even we've been trying to avoid or didn't want to see. God, I pray you begin showing those things. God, maybe it's something we're allowing in our, our daily walk that is hurting us in our testimony and in our effective witness. God, something that we know should not be there, but we'll let it reside. God, you maybe it is a, a broken relationship. We got hurt by so-and-so because everybody's imperfect and we step on each other's toes so easily. But we got mad at this person or that. We've just held on to it. We've been getting bitter and angry over it. God, whatever it might be for each of us, right in, in this moment, I pray that you're helping reveal those things as, 
as you're examining us, and God, as we're seeking you in this. God, I pray right in this very moment, you're helping people see what, what needs to be dealt with before they come to the table. God, don't let us run from it. You love us enough to discipline us at moments. And you love us enough to, you may even need to make us squirm right where we're sitting just because if we're refusing, we're trying to run from you. God, don't let us get comfortable. But your presence on us is so heavy, God, that we just we can't do anything but respond. God, just take over in a mighty way. Let your people do what you've called them to do in this very moment. We pray that by the Savior's name. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, our deacons, they're all the ones who have the way they need to be. Come on up, those who already know where you should be this morning. They're going to come stand up in front of you this time. And I said, we're going to just we're going to move into a, back into a time of worship because in, awesome things happen in worship. And, and uh, I'm not going to ask you necessarily need to sing. If, if the Lord says that's part of what he's doing in deliverance right now, then you're welcome to sing. You don't have to stand. You don't have you just need to do what the Lord's calling you right now. This is the time, even if, it's just, even if it's just us up here leading, this is the time for you to examine and to respond. Like I said, we have, um, we have some of our deacons right here. Each and every one of them be, would be ready to pray with you, talk with you. They're going to stay up here, but they're also going to be watching because if you need prayer I just, or, or in a situation that you want some covering over, just lift your hand up, and one of them's going to come straight to you. They're going to come pray over you. Again, if you need to come forward for a decision, for a response, just I need some encouragement, would you do so? But I will say this. If you don't take this seriously, if you don't really seek the Lord, then this is just going to be um, letting time pass. It won't be meaning much to you. But if you will seek the Lord, if you will worship in the midst of, of this time and respond to him, I think that coming to the table will be all the more sweeter for having done so. This is your time right now as we begin to play and sing. You do as the Lord calls you to.